Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here today with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I am great. So today we're going to we have a fun topic up today. We're going to be talking about what kind of adults we hope our kids will become and how that all how that all works. What are our hopes for them? What are some of the worries as your kids get older into adulthood? And looking back, what kind of adults are we based on the kind of kids we were? So it's kind of fun to play around. And yeah. the, the reason we're talking about this, Megan, is you're going to have a newly minted adult in your house uh, as, of the, as of when this will publish, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So tell us about that. Uh, yeah, Jacob will turn 18 on the 10th, which is when we have this show slated to go to air. Um, so that is weird. I'm yeah. going to be the, <laughs> I'm going to be the mom of an adult. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, I, I don't feel that old for one thing. It's like not. one of those, you you're know, not. one of those things where I'm still learning how to be an adult and now I have an adult. It's a little yeah. bizarre. Um, also, I, I just think it's really interesting to look back at my life, you know, when he was little and what the, the things that I wanted for him and, and the way I thought he would turn out to be. And some of those things are true and some aren't, you know, some of the mm -hmm. things I assumed would be true about him aren't necessarily true. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into this. I love this topic because I think if you're more in the trenches, as we say, you never think about this. So right. I'm, I'm kind of excited to like challenge myself to think about it a little bit. And I know if I were listening to this as if I had one and three and five-year-olds, I just probably wouldn't have given it a lot of thought. So I'm right. really excited to kind of like stretch our listeners and myself to but kind all of, of us have kids who way. will eventually become adults. So it's <laughs> yes, like, or we're looking forward to that happening. So yeah, okay. it is relevant to everyone, no matter how old your kids are. So it is yeah. great. Um, okay. So first I, I was hoping you would give us a little update on the rest of the podcast network. And let me just say, if you have no idea what I'm talking about and you just have listened to the mom hour, 
that the Mom Hour is part of the Life Listened podcast network, which Megan kicked off um, about six months ago yep. and has some other great shows. And some of those went, were a little on hiatus and yep. are coming back. So give us an update. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we kicked off the network in April, um, Sarah really held my nose to the, what is it, grindstone? Is that the saying? <laughs> and so the Mom Hour ended up being the one most consistent show, which at first we thought we were just going to do it like every other week. Yeah. And then we were like, having so much fun. fun then we wanted to do it weekly. So I kind of let the other stuff sort of fall off the radar while I was just getting used to having this publishing schedule and everything else. So there are three other shows um, that are semi-regular and have been a little more semi-irregular lately, mm-hmm. as a phrase that we also like to use. Yeah. Um, and those are the, the Right at Home Moms. Um, I host that one with Jessica Ashley, who is another writer friend of mine who also writes from home. She has a baby girl and I believe a 10-year-old son, mm-hmm. Ethan, I think is 10. And um, and then I've got the Style Hour with Shana Dragellis of The Mom Edit. That is a show where she talks about style and fashion, and I just try to keep up. And it's I so usually, much fun. I have no idea what she's People talking about half the time. People are seriously knocking down our door like, when is the Style I know. Hour coming back? The good news is I think she and I are going to record on Monday. So Yay. we should have an episode up by the end of next week, and then hopefully we can get back on like a twice-monthly schedule. Um, She's very busy. I mean, her blog... If you haven't seen it, themomedit.com, even if fashion blogging isn't really your thing, Shanna has a really great, um, very sort of realistic view of what it's yes. like to be a mom. And she's and got all these stylish. contributors now. Yeah. Yeah. So even, I mean, so some are maternity, like some are yeah. pregnant, some have babies, nursing. Big focus on nursing wear. Yeah. Like postpartum wear. So it's really great for moms and it's down to earth and um, Shana's a lot of fun and, and she introduces me to concepts that... I had never heard of before and then I laugh at them and then she laughs at me because I'm so dumb and And then really like fun. the next week don't you feel like you notice them? I feel like when yes! I listen. Oh absolutely. She'll then talk I'll about something and then I'll stuff. see it. I'll be like oh I know yeah. about that. Um, and then the other great thing um, about um, about that show is we tend to delve into a lot of like 90s fashion without even really meaning to, but we're both from, like we're both, that's when we came of age. We both came and of age in the 90s. And it's back, baby. I know, it's back. So there'll be a lot of like references to mock turtlenecks and things like that. Like I think somehow in almost every episode we end up talking about some thing from high school or college that, yeah. you know, is now back or not back, you know, so it's a lot of fun. And I will say that Sheen has been recording with you long enough, even when it was just the home hour now. Yeah. That if this is if you're listening and you haven't checked out any episodes, go back because I feel like the fall fall fashion or even fall and winter from last, from last year, year would still totally be relevant. I, I mean, think so I don't too. I don't overhaul my look every twelve months. No, and so. and we don't. I mean, and we don't really focus on stuff that's su- you know super super cutting edge to where no. if you buy it now you'll be out of it you know by next season. That's not what we're all about. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's yeah, definitely, definitely still fall, relevant. Go go check winter. out the episodes that are there or go check out the home hour. That's a good segue into the home hour. Um, the home hour was actually our flagship show. Um, that was the show that I started this whole podcasting thing with. And it um, it's more interview based, although more recently I focused on just a handful of regular interviews with a few uh, like regular co-hosts with a few interviews sprinkled in. The most recent one I did was with Alana Shernilla. Um, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong and she told me how to pronounce it. And I think I just messed it up, but that's okay. She is an, um, a food blogger and author, and um, I believe her book was The Homemade Kitchen. That was her first book, and then she's got a new one out too. And we had a great conversation about food and just cooking for your family in a realistic way. But I've also got an episode coming out with um, Karen Walrand of Chukulunks um, about photography, but taking better pictures. Yeah, and that, that is awesome. probably, by the time this show goes up, 
That should um, already be there. That one should already be published. So you can find all of those episodes at thehomehour.com. Um, and you can find or just lifelisten.com or just go to lifelisten.com. It's easier. You find everything there. Yeah. Is that everything? Did I cover them all? I did. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I'm so, excited. and the home hour is going to become more regu- regular too. I've got a dad blogger who comes on there and talks with me every now and then. And I've got, um, a couple other writers and bloggers and interesting people who are regularly on the show. My sister comes on every now and then we talk about things like theater and children's literature. And so it's all over the place. It's basically anything that the... the the, lit, the slogan is anything the, or everything that happens inside your four walls. So it's, yeah, great. you know, parenting, food, family, lifestyle, decoration, you know, all that kind of stuff. So good. Was that well, a good I'm spiel? Yeah, that I'm excited for some of those everyone. to come back as well. <laughs> and I know we still, we still have people emailing us telling us that they're going back into the archives for those shows or that they're yes. just discovering them. So the home hour has been around the longest. So we're, you're on episode 64. So yeah. if this is... If this is new news to you, you can binge listen to that. Whereas and are... you and I did quite a few shows together at the Home Hour before yes, we launched the Mom Hour. So if you are it. having a Sarah and Megan, there's um, more. You know, withdrawals or whatever. There's more of us, you can mm-hmm. find including us. one about Thanksgiving and a couple about Christmas. So as we come up seasonally, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what we talked about, but I feel like it changes every year for me. But yeah, um, you can at least find so out where we were, were last year. Ones. Yep. <laughs> Yay. Cool. All right. Should we dive in? Let's dive in. All right. So just as a, just to recap today, we're talking about what kind of adults do we hope our children will become? Or in Megan's case, what kind of adults are becoming under your noses right now? Yeah. Um, So do you want to just start and tell us about Jacob? I will tell you about Jacob and I'm hoping, um, I can't guarantee it. You'll know by the end of the show, if it's going to be a thing, I'm, I'm hoping to you know shoehorn him. I want to tape like a little segment with Jacob on his 18th birthday. And then put it at the end of the show, or maybe I'll put it at the beginning. So you'll already know maybe by now if, if it happened or not. You know, he's his own person. He is, after all, almost an adult. So I can't make him be on my show. But I hope he does. He's given me a tentative promise-like statement. So I think he'll do it. Maybe. Um, maybe. <laughs> Sarah, our sponsor, Vionic, is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah. And let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. 
So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Oh gosh, Jacob is so funny because he is the most unusual kid I think that I know. And so as being my one adult kid, um, you know, my one almost adult, being my oldest, he started off life as being kind of just complacent, very sweet, sensitive, um, really easy. I was kind of spoiled by having an easy first baby. And I think mm-hmm. that that sometimes happens that way. And sometimes it flips mm-hmm. the other way. Like sometimes people have the hard one first and then mm-hmm. everything after that's you know easy by comparison. Mine was not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob was one of those kids I could just put on my hip and, and carry around. And he was so easy. And as he got older, I mean, he's not, he's never been hard but he's developed this very strong point of view about absolutely everything. And so um, he's a bit exhausting, I have to say at times, Mm -hmm. but in a good way. Like he's really, he's definitely like the intellectual center of Mm -hmm. the household in a lot of ways. He's always starting debates with his brothers and um, us trying to bring us into debates that, you know, I'll see like (laughs) Jacob, I can't, you know, it's like midnight and he's roaming the house. He's got these like glasses that he wears that are red, I guess, to block because he's convinced that if you look at light after, you know, seven o'clock, it messes up your circadian rhythms. Okay. So he wears these cr- like freaky red glasses around the house. <laughs> and, you know, he's pretty much on his own schedule now. He usually yeah. goes to bed at a decent time because he's all about the body as the temple and all that right now. But sometimes he's still kind of up roaming the house and I'll get up to get a glass of water at like 11 or midnight and he's in the kitchen like, hey, mom. And then he launches into some political, you know. <laughs> He's like, so what do you think about communism? I was like, Jacob, I am, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> this not having not this happening. This is not happening right now. I'm not having so this So when, when do you feel like that start looking back? When do you feel like this particular trait started? Or He's always been a questioner, but I think mm-hmm. when it was little, it was all very cute and like, why? You know, why? like right. it, there'd be the endless why. It's like, why right. is the sky blue? Right. Well, because right. of whatever. Well, why? You know, that stuff. And I think it was really maybe middle school or early high school where it became a little more aggressively why, like, why am I doing any of this? Right. What is the point? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and at times, because I'm kind of one of, like, I'm a thinker and a questioner, but I'm also mm-hmm. sort of just like a, what, just go with the flow and get it done. Mm-hmm. Like, so I've never been like the person who follows the status quo or does what people do just because they do it, but I don't really get too worked up about it. I right. just see another way. I'm like more individualist, right. I guess. Right. I see the way I want to go and I just go there. I don't really worry about what the rest right. of the world is doing. Right. He's very concerned with like what everyone is doing. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. And in fact, it's become a little bit of a problem in our house because he also thinks he knows better than us <laughs> about parenting a lot mm-hmm. of the times. And so I've had to talk to him and say, Jacob, you can't under... Like, you know how parents talk about, you know, mom undermining dad or dad undermining mom? Right. No, in my case, it's my son undermining me in front of the mm-hmm. other kids. And I have to say... Jacob, you can't, you can't do that, mm-hmm. you know, just because you don't agree with my letting right. Clara have, you know, candy right. or whatever. Right. Like he's the judgy other parent in the house right. sometimes. <laughs> um, so, and like, you know, like many teenagers, he thinks he knows everything, only he's really convinced that he knows yeah. absolutely everything. Like really, really convinced. So it's going to be interesting. On the other side, what's 
great about Jacob is he's really, really smart and a thinker and such an individualist. I know like he's really not gone the way of pursuing academic excellence in high school. And I've had some people say, well, what do you think, you know, Jacob's going to do? And he's probably the one kid I'm not worried about the most. Like I, I don't have any worries. He's going to figure something out and whatever it is, it's going to be interesting and awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no idea what it's going to be. No, he won't. Something that he doesn't believe in. Absolutely not. He won't. A few years ago, his greatest ambition was to walk barefoot across the country. That was all he wanted to do. And I was like, okay, well, can you just wear the shoes until I can't see you anymore? And then you can take them off. And then (laughs) I don't care what you do. But he had a friend actually walked barefoot around town all summer long just to like, I guess, build up their... Toughen their feet. Toughen their feet. I don't know. And so we'd be driving through our little town and... I'd yell out the window, like, put your shoes on, hippies. And they're looking around like, who's yelling at us? <laughs> I just like messing with them that way. Um, here's another really funny. I have another really funny Jacob story I have to tell you. Yes. So a couple years ago, we took him to the dentist and he had a couple of cavities. And so I was setting up the appointment to, you know, have his teeth filled. And he said, mom, can you just give me six months? I think I can take care of this. And I'm laughing. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yes, you could have six months. They weren't terrible. They weren't really terrible cavities. <clears throat> and so... He's like, I think that there's something you can do like nutritionally to remineralize your teeth. And I'm like, okay, Jacob, whatever. So we (laughs) go back home. He totally changed his diet, um, cut out any soda. He didn't drink a lot of that anyway, but any soda was gone. Like anything acidic. He stopped eating acidic foods. He stopped eating sugar. Like he started introducing like xylitol gum. I don't even know what he was doing. Just all this different stuff. And then he had his follow-up appointment six months later. And of course, I'm thinking we're going to go in and get Right. fillings today. Right. Um, but the hygienist said, well, we'll take another set of x-rays. It's been a while. So they did another set of, oh no, I'm sorry. We were seeing a new dentist. So they did oh, okay. a different set of x-rays. Otherwise I'm not sure they would have taken a 16 year old kid's word for it. <laughs> so they did another set of x-rays and she comes out and she's like, there, he doesn't have any cavities. Oh, and God. I was like, now he's going to be intolerable. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it was actually really cool. I don't know if, you know, the first dentist was just more zealous about spots on the teeth and the second one was more, you know, conservative about treatment or what. But Or if Jacob actually reversed enamel. I mean, I've read that you can actually do that. If so, he did it. And I was, yeah. So we've had friends where we've had to call, we'll be, you know, out with friends and someone's talking about cavities. I'm like, oh, you should talk to my son. And they'll call him and he's like giving them the diet they have to eat. It's hilarious. He's texted it to us a few times. I'm like, here's what you tell him. And, you know, he's got this long list of things. So, yeah. Um, We should post that, that picture that I Instagrammed of his shopping list that he made. Oh, yeah. Where he wanted like raw honey. Yes. No clouds. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, fascinating. Yeah. It is so fascinating. okay. Well, I have I have another question, and maybe this will lead us down a different path. But do you sure. ever kind of feel that you know the sadness of losing the little kids that they were as they get into these bigger? I mean, is it mixed all together for you? And I think everybody's different. But obviously, you get yeah. to see these amazing people they're becoming. But when you think back to four-year-old Jacob or eight-year-old Jacob, does it feel like it's all rolled into one? Or does, is there a little bit of sadness mixed in there? There's some sadness. You know, I wouldn't have thought... I kind like, of put looking, you on the spot with that one. Looking, no, no. It's <laughs> looking at Jacob like now as compared to four, like four-year-old Jacob. I mean, if I knew then what I know now, I could have seen the logical progression. 
from mm-hmm. that to this, but I never would have seen him like in those days, you can't envision it. You know, you look at like, oh. you know, look at Violet or even Allegra. Yeah. You can't envision what she'll really be like as an adult. I yeah. can't with Clara. It's starting to kind of come together with Owen. I can kind of start to see like little glimpses of what he'll be like. And you're probably better at it because you've, right. you've seen the progression with other kids. Right. Just so you know what. Yeah. Um, but you know, I do miss that little guy. He was adorable and funny. And I mean, he still is adorable and funny. But yeah, you, I think I do. I, but I wouldn't trade, you know, you can't hang on. And I wouldn't right. trade one for the other. It's right. too bad I can't have them both in the same house. I think that would be right. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little little Jacob and big Jacob um, yeah. would make an interesting pair. Another thing I think is interesting is a lot of stuff, like we've talked about on the show before, about like how Isaac was as a baby or mm-hmm. a little toddler and then how much he changed and mm-hmm. really just came into this completely almost like so toned down version of his mm-hmm. personality that I would never have seen that coming. With Jacob, it's a little clearer, I guess, mm-hmm. but a lot of that sort of sweet sensitivity and mm-hmm. he was very, um, he worried a lot and was really anxious. Mm-hmm. I don't see that in him anymore. And I kind of wonder where it went, if it's still there under the surface, if he's just learned how to kind of internalize right. it. Right. Or if bit. the, if the like hyper interest in facts and research right. and is, is sort of that manifestation. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. mean, everybody grows up and I think about what I was like you know, when I was four or five or six, um, was that the way I was when I was 18? And then am I the way now that I was, you know, what, what am I close? Sometimes I wonder, am I closer now? Sometimes I honestly feel more similar to the the way I was at like 16 than the way I was at like 26, which is really weird. But sometimes I feel like the older I get, the more I kind of become who I always was, which doesn't, I don't know. Now that I say that, it sounds kind of crazy. I'm totally going to put that on an inspirational <laughs> quote. Oh, no, great. <laughs> no, I, I actually can totally relate. I can totally relate. I am 35 and I feel like as cliche as it sounds, like 35 done having babies is like a click to where it's like, okay, I do think a lot more about what I was like as an adolescent. Yeah. And I feel like there are some like weird gravitational pulls back to some of those Maybe, you know, like, like how, when we were first becoming adults and I'm using adult loosely, like 16, 17, 18, 19 yeah. versus when you actually had to be an early adult, which is different, you know? Right. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, I think that I had a definite identity crisis in my early twenties. And I, when I look at the person I was in my early twenties and that was when I was having babies like quickly kids. and, and, you know, I was married and I was like totally grappling with this new way of being. I don't think I was very much like I am now. And I think I am almost more like I was. Mm-hmm. as like a, a teenager now without, you know, with, with some, I hope with a little bit better, um, what is it? It impulsivity control, right. <laughs> impulse control. Yeah. Impulse yeah. control. I, I hope I have that kind of figured out to some degree, but just yeah. more in tune with like myself and how I relate to the world. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it's different for everybody too. I agree. You I see agree. kids who really these days who are like 18 years old and it's like they're, it's like they're Alex P Keaton or something. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they come up to you and like, they have a firm handshake and they know exactly what they want out of life. And, and, uh, they, you know, they're volunteering for service organizations and they're running their own service organizations. And it's like, Whoa, I was a late bloomer. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't worry me that my, mm-hmm. that my kids might also be late bloomers. Like if that's the way it works out. And I kind of think so, because None of them are heading up, you know, any volunteer um, trips to Guam right. or anything yet. And, and that's okay with me. I don't feel like kids have to have it all figured out at Well, 18. and I think late bloomer is even, like, not even encompassing the whole picture, which is there's some, like, 
maturity things that Jacob probably has that those kids are not even near. Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, and maybe so, they, like, they don't have time to think the about whole, it. In terms of the whole person. Right. It's just like, it's just like a baby learning to talk first or walk first, you know, developmentally. Can't get everywhere like, first at the same time. Right. Developmentally, yeah. like getting super strong. I mean, his, his reasoning and his analytics and his being able to, you know, persuade people and, yeah. you know, have an argument is something that I guarantee there are 18 year olds who go off to college who, who cannot that. do that at all. Yeah, you're right. So, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All kids. And it's too, I, I think the one fear I have, cause we talked about fears being one of the, one fear I have had that I try to suppress is that because the world right now, or at least our little corner of the world is so focused on a certain kind of achievement when it comes mm-hmm. to teens, um, it's almost like they're expected to be making all these big decisions and figuring out the path they're supposed to be on at a time in life when many, maybe most kids aren't really equipped to know that yet. And I think it's too bad that they're expected to make mm-hmm. all these best decisions that set, like, literally set them up for the rest of their lives um, during a time where everything is so emotional, like, so hormonally turbulent and fraught and, like, really isn't the right time for a lot of these people, a lot yeah. of these kids. I didn't really come into my own until I was probably 20. That was when I really kind of figured out. And I think for me, having kids really forced that to click. If mm-hmm. I hadn't, I might have just kind of floated along until I was 30. Right. I mean, right. who knows? So I think it happens differently for everybody. And I, and I, I think it's, that's regrettable that yeah. kids, that uh, kids are expected to hit 18 and not even 18. Now they're expected to basically launch into high school this way, just knowing right. who they are, what they want to do, what they want to be and what they have to do to get on that path. And that's yeah. one thing I'm really trying not to put a lot of emphasis on yeah. in my house. Yeah. Cause I know, I think, didn't we talk about when I had the drug talk with Jacob? Um, not on the podcast, not on the podcast. Okay. I so, heard you talk talk about yeah well i had this i had a conversation with jacob when he was a freshman you know we're all supposed to talk about drugs and stuff with our kids so we're in the car it's that perfect teachable moment blah 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 (laughs) and i'm looking straight ahead and i said so jacob you know so like what what drugs are kids using these days like trying to be all relatable and he said oh yeah they're all on adderall (laughs) it's like what adderall he said yeah and i said what adderall that doesn't sound like any fun i mean all i could think was what a dumb drug to be on and I said, well, why do they do it? And he said, just to get like better test scores. And I, I was, I thought that's so sad. I mean, not that I want my kids to be experimenting with any drugs, but right. I kind of felt like teenagers did stuff like that for fun, not for success. I mean, it right. just, you know, right. I know right. last week was the 25th anniversary of the episode of Saved by the Bell where Jess yes. Spano goes crazy on caffeine. Yeah. So this is obviously not a new thing. Um, but that was, but that had to have been cutting edge. But and it was only caffeine. It was only caffeine. <laughs> it was the caffeine pills, right? Right. Yes. Oh. I'm so excited. Yeah. Anyway, yep. I feel like I just rambled all over the place, but I, I just that was a little bit that was a little bit sobering <laughs> for me. And yeah. also, I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Because I I could not relate when I was in high school, nobody was doing uppers to study all right. night that I knew of. Right. I mean, kids didn't talk about it, and you didn't get them right. in the bathroom. Right. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kids have a different set of pressures these days. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a pretty common fear, or maybe not. Maybe just you and me in the circles we run in. Yeah. Just because you and I are kind of the 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 voice against hyper. I think it's coming back. I think it's coming yeah. back that way. There's a lot of lash, you know, backlash now. I, I yeah, but I think that's a general a general fear is putting too much pressure on kids or not having kids who are resilient to deal with. Life's disappointment. You know, that's another one that I feel like comes up in a lot of articles is, 
you know, 18 year olds going off to college with a perfect resume, but without, um, and not just the cliche, they don't know how to do a load of laundry. That's different, but more without the life skills to cope with disappointment because yeah. things have been handled for them or the system is so rigid that, that there's been a, there's been a pre, a prescribed like method to deal with, you know, like yeah. a flow chart. If this happens, you do this, you know, yeah. very yeah. little room for improvisation. So I think that's another um, kind of worry people have is how, you know, how do we put out resilient kids in I think this I, environment? I'll have to find a, an article I wrote. And I don't remember if I just wrote it for my own blog or if I submitted it. I think I want to submit it to like Washington Post or something. Um, and it, it's basically talking about like how I define success for my mm-hmm. kids, my teens particularly. And this was a year or two ago, but I really did mean it more for the older mm-hmm. they get and, and adult. Right. And one of, I think one of the things I said was like, for me, success is really, if you try something and it doesn't work out, being able to get back up and try it again until you find something that works that makes you mm-hmm. happy. I mean, that's it in a nutshell for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. But I think that I'm also in a unique position where I kind of came from, um, I'm not going to say working class. That's not right. But my parents were a little older. Neither one of them had college educations. And this was in the day, this was in the time of life when you could still you know, where most people could still Mm -hmm. have a good middle-class job without having to Mm -hmm. have gone to college. Uh, My dad was in the military and then was a a police officer for years and then went into banking. So that was how, so I kind of came from that mentality, but then sort of into like a middle-class lifestyle. So I've seen Mm -hmm. both sides, you know, like I've had like the Mm middle-class lifestyle, but with more of like the, I guess, not high pressure Mm -hmm. um, roots. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's given me kind of a unique perspective where I feel like a lot of my peers were more affluent and more, uh, came maybe from more educated backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I think that that does make a difference. I might have a little bit of a different relaxation because, because I've seen how it works in my family and my, you know, I've got right. these siblings who are all over the place and in terms of education and, and jobs right. and everything else. And we're all kind of the same when it comes to money. Right. <laughs> and we're all more or less happy, but it's not really relative to the amount of money we make or the amount of education right. we have. It's just kind of, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think sometimes we have a very narrow view of what that looks like. Yeah. And of course it's, it comes from a place of privilege in general. Right. Um, to talk about, you know, any of these things as an option. And there, there's a real reason why college and a certain track is tied to success because for a long time and in, and in many scenarios, it is still a good ticket out of some seriously not great circumstances. So yeah. it's kind of, we can, I, at least I can kind of see how that became the narrative. Right. I guess where, when it comes to our own kids, you know, wanting just maybe a broader, a broader definition of success. Right. Not, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And I'm not, I'm definitely not knocking the college yes. track um, at all. I just, I think what's it's now gotten so ramped up where it's not even really enough. It's not even really enough to go to your state school like it was even 20 years ago. It's now it's got to be, you know, a higher level of education. Plus now we're all like bachelor's doesn't even really count. It's like, you know, it's it kind of and it just adds this feeling of pressure to everything. And I I know we're talking about adults, not college, but I think it all plays in. Oh, it It all ties in. And and when we're talking about 18 year olds, that's a big, you know, I remember I did. I was on totally like the college path and the very academic track and went to a very academically strong school right out of high school. But I still remember really resenting, and this was probably a credit to my parents who there was no external pressure on me, none 
Yeah. It was all internal, was all internal. <laughs> applied. Yeah. Oldest. And actually my brother went on a completely different path and actually took the GED and didn't even finish high school traditionally, let alone traditional college. Later got a bachelor's, has an amazing job, makes yeah. great money. But anyway, so my parents were great with all different paths, but I hated and so resented the questions from other adults about oh, what you're going to do, what I was going to do with, cause I was an English major. Right. So oh. I, for me, I loved learning and I loved reading and I loved writing. And I just, I, I had totally a chip on my shoulder, like an 18 year old chip on my shoulder that I probably didn't deserve to have, especially cause college was being paid for, for me. I was really right. fortunate. And I just wanted to say, what the heck does it matter? what I want to do. I want to just learn what I want to learn and I'll figure out the rest later. And I was really kind of, I mean, I was nasty in my head. I think I was probably baseline polite to actual people, but <laughs> you know, like I just got so tired and I, I know I'm not the only English major I've seen like internet memes about it, but like just getting so tired of the question, well, what are you going to do with that? Or what, you know, and just wanting to be like, but that isn't, that's the not point. the point. That's, that's not, not why you, that's and not why you get so education. fired up about that as an 18 year old. Right. You know, Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Um, so it's funny, maybe, I don't think that the total pressure cooker was around back then, but the, it, was, it was such a default assumption that the major equaled the job. Yeah, um, yes. And I hope that that is actually broadening a little I bit too. I hope so, if you but are yeah. The college route and the four-year college route. Oh my gosh. I hope so, but, but I but know. I worry honestly that it's the opposite because of because of like the recession and because of the economic issues that we have. I almost worry that kids are under more pressure now to find something that leads Applicable. directly to a job path. You know, I don't, I don't know for sure. Um that's the same, you know, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a college or a English major in college and I went and told my guidance counselor who made a joke like and he was just the worst. Nobody liked him at all. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you know what happens if you if you major in English, you end up like me, a high school guidance counselor. Ha ha ha. And I was, so I was like terrified because so that terrible. was the last thing I so wanted wrong with that was to be that guy. So I ended up going to school for business, which was the worst. I mean, I can't believe 
they let me do that. I can't either. I, I don't, I didn't realize what I was getting into. And that's another thing. Like, I think sometimes looking back, I have the benefit of having an 18 year old and being close enough to being 18 myself to really kind of remember what that felt like. Um, I'm not too far removed from it yet. And I remember I didn't know jack crap. Like I didn't know anything. So I, <laughs> I, I really had no idea what it meant to be a business major. I remember getting the, you know, back in the days you didn't do it online. Like you got the academic catalog and just looking through it and going, mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God, there's 8 million classes. Like, what do I pick? And then just kind of, you know, picking whatever I had to do for the major. Um, and coming from high school where classes were pretty easy, I really loaded up on classes. And then some of them were like, I think I had micro and macroeconomics in the same semester. And so I ended up completely just like bombing, like I, all of my literature and film classes and all that in history and anything sort of, um, you know, in, in the, the places art, where you should have in been. Arts in arts and humanities. I was like, yeah. yeah, A's, you know, and everything else was terrible. And I ended up switching back to English in my second year. But it, by that point, I'd already like wasted so much money. Mm. Um, and it was stupid. And it also was very demoralizing. I just, yeah. I don't know how that is. I'm hoping that my, I know my kids have better guidance counselors at the school that they're at, but I also well, hope and, that oh, I also want to remember though that just because they're 18 and they have great vocab or he's 18 and he has a great vocabulary and he can talk himself he can talk circles around me doesn't mean he understands how the world works and that's something I forget like I forget how much he doesn't know yet Un- right. and it's honest it's not anything against him he just doesn't have any life experience yet to know this right. stuff so I right. have to guide even right. when he doesn't want to hear it which right. is hard really yeah. hard yeah that is well and I think bringing it back to like raising these adults I think maybe if there's any advice it's to surround your kids and point out definitions of success that are all over the place you know what I mean yeah like just I I I've never I always think it's a good idea to just state out loud what you think to be true in your head because like you said they they don't see the world that way yet but if the goal if your personal goal or your personal values are around different definitions of success and having kind of a a richer definition than maybe the traditional track, then point that out. And, yeah. and not just in a luxury way, but, you know, find people in your life who are living really awesome careers who didn't do it the, on the straight and narrow. You know, yeah. I think that I don't think they necessarily pick it up the way we would like them to, but yeah. it's cumulative and it, it, you know, I think it does something. Yeah. I think definitely there, the idea of there being, kind of apprentices in our midst, you know, mm-hmm. is still true. And we just don't always think to look to seek that out, I don't mm-hmm. think, as much anymore. But um I was thinking when you were talking about being sort of a self um a self propelled, you know, go getter when you were yeah. in high school <laughs> and being on that academic track. And I you know, I don't think there was the high pressure that there is for kids today yet. But I still think, you know, we're in the nineties you're the late nineties. Mm-hmm. I think it was starting to heat up, especially if mm-hmm. you were um maybe in a certain maybe the more affluent school district. Yeah. And I had, I had a little bit of mix. I had a very affluent kind of subsection, but I went yeah. to a really big public high school with, I mean, a, a huge variety of income levels and yeah. call. I mean, I had lots yeah. of dropouts, like yeah. a lot of dropouts and teen pregnancies in my high school, but then there's definitely a subsection. So I had a little bit of everything, which probably tempered it. If I had gone to like an elite private high school, mm-hmm. then I, for sure, those pressures would have been there. I think at, at my school, it was so broad that it was just, unfortunately, it was just sort of segmented. Like, yeah. you, you know, these kids went to f- private colleges. These kids went to state schools. Yeah. These kids got out of high school and these kids dropped out of high school. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Fortunately. yeah. 
So Yeah. Well, I was just thinking because I went to my, my high school reunion last year and I went to a rural high school. I think there were 80 kids in my graduating class. And what ended up happening in our school is that, you know, the kind of, I think similar, but on a much more micro scale. So mm-hmm. there were the kids who you knew were going to like drop out, the kids who were going to graduate high school and stay in town, the kids mm-hmm. who were going to go off to state schools and probably come back and raise their kids in mm-hmm. the town. Um, so it was kind of like all these little segments. But then there was there was like that little sliver of people at the top who really, you know, worked hard to kind of rise above and be, I don't want to say better than everybody else, but that was always the feeling mm-hmm. you got because everybody else was just kind of so normal. Mm-hmm. Um and I, there was this particular girl in my class who was just like best at everything. You know, she was like, she was a valedictorian. She was a great athlete. John had a crush on her, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. And I, I saw her at my high school reunion last year and I was a goofball in high school. Like I had a lot of fun in high school and I did fine. I mean, whatever. I did okay. But I, I was a goofball. Um, and I saw her and it was like, oh, you know, in life, we've, we're in similar places. It's not like she's eclipsed me so much and all this stuff, which was fine. It wouldn't have mattered if she did because I, I didn't really go into my high school reunion with that kind of, you know, Work it wasn't there. like Romy and Michelle's or anything. Um, I didn't try to tell anyone I invented Post-its. Yeah. You seen that movie? Yes. Okay, yes, good. I, I get okay. that reference. Okay, good. Well, sometimes you're a little like behind on the references. I know, I know. Um, and so anyway, when I went in there, she said, you know what I always remembered about you? You always seemed like you were having so much fun. She says this to me and she said, I wish I would have had more fun in high school. And I remember thinking she seemed like she was having the best time ever. <laughs> like she was winning, you know, like she was winning school. But what she remembered is looking at me, the goofiest girl in, in the class, looking like I was having a good time. I, I just think that that's such an interesting thing. Like what will our kids look back at, you know, when they're 30, in their 30s? And remember about their teenage experience and then their college experience, because it all goes hand in hand. And what will they wish they had done differently? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know there's probably that, you know, I wish I'd done better in school. It would have opened up more doors for me. Right. But that's okay. Like, I wasn't, maturity-wise, I wasn't in a place where I even, I was, I just didn't even see, like, how what I did that day would lead to what would happen the next day. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there was that right. total disconnect until I was right. older. Um, right. So I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I could, I could wish all day. Right. But right. it wouldn't make me a different that person. Is, yeah. That's, was. that's pretty revealing though. Yeah. I, that's, that's... Yeah. I just thought that that was really interesting. It actually made me feel a lot better Yeah. <laughs> about yeah. my own young adulthood. Cause I thought, Oh, okay. I guess I did something right. It looked like right. I was having a good time. <laughs> that's got some value to it. Right. It totally does. So, it totally does. Yeah. The good lesson for us is like adult adults too. Right. Yeah. That's, I don't know. So you know, sometimes I think that we, like, if if I looked at Jacob as an as a leader, the way he leads is by um, introducing ideas that people maybe wouldn't have already thought of. That's mm-hmm. his way mm-hmm. of leading. Um, and challenging. He's a he's a challenger. Challenging he's a, assumptions. Yeah. He's a rebel. He's yes, challenges assumptions, asks the big questions. He's a why person. If the way I lead is just by looking like I'm having a great time all the time, hey, I'll take it because that that'll do. <laughs> That'll do. But that actually, is true about you. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, though, as an adult, I mean, people gravitate to you because you are positive and upbeat because you have new ideas and aren't afraid to share anything with anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. really, it's, 
it's not that different. It's just matured. It's just refined. Yeah, it's just refined. I'm like just a fine wine. <laughs> well, actually, unless you have another uh, thought, that's kind of what I was going to ask is we're, we've been talking about as if 18 is like you cross the finish line and yep, you're an there adult. There you are, adult. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we know that's not the case. So I'm curious, like, can you, can you picture your family table when your kids are, say, between the ages of like 26? Six and 35 or whatever they would be 26 and 40 35 and 50 when you're uh, the, really like like when all your kids are yeah yeah that's a different kind of adulthood I mean Jacob is going to be a different person yes. when he's 35 or 38 I mean, yes okay remind me I I am done with my previous thought but I want to talk about the Enneagram so don't let me forget to okay. go there okay so we'll, okay. we'll circle back to Enneagram. that Enneagram um so y- that's a really great question when I look at my brothers and sister and I sitting around the table, I think we are the same people we were, you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, 20 years ago. We're all different versions of ourselves. I, want, I, I think my brothers have gotten a little more crotchety. <laughs> and I say that with all the love in my heart. They're my favorite people. But they're just, they're just a little more like adult. Yeah. They used to be just fun time guys right. all the time. Now they're just right. a little more adult. My sister and I are still just like talky, talky, talky all the time. Um, but it's harder for me with my kids because I can very clearly see like Jacob and Isaac and maybe William right. to an extent. Owen and Clara are still a bit of a question mark, right? right? Like Clara right now is still the one who chimes in. She wants to be one of the guys. She chimes in every two minutes with some funny little retort. And she's very funny for being only mm-hmm. six. She really, I think that's maybe the youngest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she really <laughs> oh, understands yeah. how humor works and what the right thing to say is at any given time and what will make people and laugh. And she's a master of people's reactions. Yes, to, very yes, good at that's it. That's how yeah. Violet is too, even yeah. at almost, even at under three. You yeah. can see it, the writing on the yeah. wall. I mean, and she'll just get better. She'll just refine that skill. So right. yeah, I can see her being the one cracking wise. I don't see how that, I don't know exactly how that'll be. And I don't exactly know for Owen, the older three. Yeah, I can kind of see it. I mean, it's not, it's fuzzy though, you know, it's yeah. fuzzy. Just kind yeah. of like, honestly, the way looking back 10 years ago, is fuzzy. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to remember yeah. exactly what that was like. Um, and that makes me a little sad. Sometimes I'll think like, what was, what was it like to sit to dinner um, with my kids when like Clara was a baby and, you know, and I was, everything was foggy anyway, cause I had a yeah. baby and, you know, yeah. I think I wrote another post one time, something like, you won't remember this later. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. That's a great one. <laughs> you won't remember this later and that's okay. Cause we always yeah. put that pressure on parents yeah. to remember what every little moment is like. And the, the reality is we won't. We will not right. remember most of the moments. I and mean, they just right. they go away no matter right. how good your memory is, no matter how hard you try to hold on to that one right. moment. And sometimes it's the moments that I didn't even really pay close attention to that stick for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Um I've I've actually read that when there's some emotional height going on, that's when mm-hmm. your brain tends to like like when there's a novel a novelty mm-hmm. yeah. um that's combined with like an emotion like a heightened emotional response, that's when your brain tends to glom on. Okay. To a moment. Which makes sense to me. Right. You know, but some that you think, oh, this is like the most serene moment, you know, I'm going yeah, to hang on to this forever. Yeah. Those tend to just kind of morph. And I, I feel like the way I wrote it, I referred to like, I'll remember a baby that could be any baby and nobody. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, or like, a, like general. Yeah. It's just this yeah. general baby. Yeah. <laughs> it could be any one of them, um, which is a different topic, but it's, I feel like going in either direction is yeah. a little foggy, I guess. I think that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Okay, Enneagram. I don't want you to oh, forget. Oh, okay. I won't forget the Enneagram. So, Which, by the way, I think we should do a whole episode on that. I think we this. should too. <laughs> because, so I thought, well, you were talking about the way you were in high school and how you were sort of this self-made achiever, right? Yes. It reminded me of when at the Beyond Retreat, when we all did the Enneagram. 
And because I've, you know, Enneagram is a personality test for those who don't know. Yeah, Different from Myers-Briggs, but would appeal to anybody who, you know, if likes. you like that kind of thing, yeah. take it. I thought mine was very revealing. And what I also thought was interesting. So at the, re- at the retreat, um, Jenna was there, who is one of my best friends and is my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. but we go way back. And Sarah and your bestie, Allison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And college roommate. And didn't Allison and I have the same and you and Jenna had the same? Yes. Or, Jenna or, and yeah. I were definitely the same. And then Allison was a Allison borderline. was on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was so interesting because you are, you do end up, I believe, gravitating to the same kinds mm-hmm. of people. And there was oh, something definitely. probably in you that reminds, you know, yeah. that reminds me of Jenna. Yeah. And so you ended up being a one, which is yeah. a like Reformer. rule follower yep. slash idealist. Yeah. So you the have. Reformers are the usually reformer. trying to make things better. Better. Right. And so for the way that manifested for Jenna, too, is that she was the person who had a very clear path in front of her um, and she knew what she wanted and she knew what she had to do to get there. And she knew how to play. Not only did she know how to play the game, but she wanted to play the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a two, which is the helper. So that's mm-hmm. someone who is more interested in, in interpersonal. Uh, actually, a friend of mine joked like. I was walking down the street with my friend Lisa recently and I kept stepping on her feet and I was like, I'm sorry. We had just had this big conversation about personalities and stuff. And I was like, I'm terrible at walking down the sidewalk with people because I walk into them. And she's like, you're so relational. You can't even stay away from people on the sidewalk. (laughs) It's it's true though. I mean, that's just like, I'm so drawn to the person next to me that I'm literally shoving them off the sidewalk while we're walking down the street. So that's me. And that's, totally how I related, especially in the unrefined years of like high school, Mm -hmm. college, Mm -hmm. it was to me, it was all about the other people around me, which does not always mean you do well in school. If you're so concentrated on your friendships and, you know, and those kinds of things and, and frankly, your crushes, then (laughs) you can't focus on anything else. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember a high school guidance counselor, not the same one that I hated, a different one who was actually, this is at a different school. And he actually was trying to make a point. And he's like, you're, you're too involved with your friends. And I said, but all my friends are really good students. He said, I know, but you're so involved with them. You're not doing well in school. And I was like, right. I know, but like, they're really good kids. He's like, yes, I know. He like, I right. did not understand what he was getting right. at. And what he right. was saying is quit worrying about your friends so much and look at your books now and then. Right. right. I guess what I'm getting at is I think there's so much that is just who people are. Yeah. And who you are can either make it pretty easy for you to do mm-hmm. really well academically and, and follow this certain career path the way we're, quote, supposed to, unquote, or it can make it more difficult. Right. But I think it, but people are who they are. And so, and there was a, you know, there's obviously, there's up to nine numbers. So there's like three, I think was the achiever. I don't know. I start to lose track after that. Yeah. No, we, 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 I think totally should do um, an episode about personality types where we can, yeah, do that one. And then Maybe Myers-Briggs too. And Myers-Briggs talking about our kids in yeah. relation, you know. I did have Jacob take a Myers-Briggs test and then he, this is classic. He got, the one he took was at 16personalities.com and it kind of okay. breaks you into like your your type and then it gives it a name. Okay. And his was the rebel. Uh-huh. And then he argued that he didn't think the test was right. right. <laughs> <laughs> he rebelled against, he rebelled against his results. That's really funny. He's like, I think it just tells you what you want to hear, mom. I'm going to take it again. And he kept coming up the rebel over and over. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, this is like such a huge question, but when you look at your little kids and you look at your big kids, I mean, nature and nurture, man, right. they're so different. Yeah. The kids from each other, I mean, um, yeah. that we, 
fret and worry about these adults we're creating, uh, but we don't always have that big of that much control over it, no, right? I, I mean, this yeah. whole episode is about what kind of adults do we want to put out into the world, and guess what? The punchline is <laughs> too bad. It's not really, it's not really <laughs> yeah. up to us. Yeah, no. Other than providing the environment for them to become who they're going to be. I completely, yeah, I completely agree. Now, like looking back at Jacob and Isaac, um. That was probably like during the most upheavaly times of our lives was when they were little. So that we didn't have any money. We ended up moving a lot because of John's job. Then John and I were divorced for a while and we got back together. There was just a lot. They had a lot of upheaval in their lives mm-hmm. when they were younger. And I think I think they may have struggled a little academically because of that early on. Like I think that the fact that the other three kids have always been in the same school district, it's mm-hmm. a good school district. Mm-hmm. They've had a little more – and I'm not even saying like moving is bad. I don't ever want anyone to feel bad about making – a move that's important for their right. family because I think right. intact, I think tight families can, can weather a lot of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, I think that there was a little bit of that that might've played into their, you know, not really getting in the groove of school as much as the other three have. Um, but on the other hand, who knows? Right. Jacob might've, I mean, he wasn't, he was like, even in kindergarten, we ended up taking him out of school and homeschooling him for a year because he would come home in tears every day because he would get in trouble for something dumb, like not holding his pencil right. And he would just fall apart. Um, and he just, I know he just couldn't like handle it. So school's always been stressful and not fun mm-hmm. for him. Um, mm-hmm. Some years better than others, mm-hmm. you know, but it's never really been his thing. And that's okay. Like that's, I could see the writing on the wall when he was five years old. It mm-hmm. hasn't changed. That doesn't mean anything about who he is or, you know, who he's going to become is just one thing that's not really right. his thing. It wasn't really mine either, to be honest. Right. So, um, but I think, well, probably for me, the most important thing is letting them be who they are. To me, that's mm-hmm. the nature part of the yeah. equation, right? Not squelching who they are or demeaning who they are or comparing who they are, unless mm-hmm. it's in a really positive way. I, sometimes I think it's kind of fun to be like, gosh, look at the ways you guys are all different. Yeah. But not, you know, not because one of you is like, why right. can't you be more like your brother? Right. Right. But just like, isn't it cool that you guys yes. all get along so well, but you all have these different strengths? Yes. Um, yes. Well, and I would add to part, that, to the it. not, you know, to not squelching and not comparing is I can tend to focus on the negative sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's not, very one. That's a very one thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes more than others. Yeah. But um, not like so when i look at my i believe personally that usually our strengths are our our weaknesses i mean they are one and the same like the things that make us exceptional are often the things that can get in the way of ourselves usually yeah. it's the mm-hmm. same thing and so in the case of the kids seeing the challenges that they are going to have can sometimes bog my mind instead of flipping that to see the doors that are going to open for them and all three of my kids are going to have doors open for them because of who they are and all three are going to have challenges. So it's up to me not to change that, but to, you know, see the, see the positive side more than the negative, which is hard, especially if they are struggling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think when it comes, I think when we talk about things like nature and nurture, um, I feel like nature is about 80% because I, because I feel like and that's just, I just pulled that out of thin air. I don't know. But I just, I've, you've, you, we all see kids rise above, you know, really difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. And we all seen kids come out of great, what seems like great circumstances who flounder. And you see and, siblings raised identically who, who are turn totally out completely different. differently. Yeah. yeah. So I really think that nature is such a big part of it, but I think everyone has the potential to do something great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if we can like support them and kind mm-hmm. of stay out of their way at the same mm-hmm. time, which is really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Really freaking hard. And I'll say <laughs> it's harder with an almost 18 year old because yeah. I'm going to have someone in my house next week who legally doesn't have to do anything I say. Yeah. When, not next week. Not next when week. Well, this, it's today. It's today. <laughs> you know, when you're listening to this, this is happening to me right now, guys. Like my kid legally, I mean, John and I have laughed about this for months. Like, what do we do if, if we want to make him do something? I mean, he's probably five inches taller than us. Uh-huh. What do we do? What do we do? We can't spank him. Yeah. We can't drag him out to the car and force him in. I mean, there just comes a point where if the desire to please isn't there and it's not always there mm-hmm. or, you know, it's not even about respect. Sometimes like they're just struggling they're just like trying mm-hmm. to become their own people. And it doesn't really matter how much respect they have for us as parents. Their job right now, like Jacob's job right now is to separate. That's his job. So I can't, you know, there's not really much I can do. And so, yeah, I mean, he's a good kid. He doesn't, you know, it's not like he openly defies us all the time or anything. But there's been a few times when we've come to, we've really come to like ahead about something. And John and I have to like go quickly in the bedroom and have a private conference. Like how hard are we willing to push this? Because there's only so much we can do. And now as of today, legally, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to do anything. I mean, also legally today, we don't have to do anything for him either, which is another very strange feeling. Right. Yeah. And we will continue to obviously, but, um, it's just, yeah, it doesn't get that feeling of not of that balance between supporting and letting go is, is not, an easy one. And I'm a little choked up about it right now. I know. I feel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first tearful podcast. I know. My gosh. It's, but it's, it's just so momentous. No, I feel the same. I feel the same way with a much younger. I'm going to take the pressure off you so you okay, can be choked you. up. I'm just going to wipe and, my tears on my. And tell a little hair. story. Yeah, go ahead. Um, to wrap us up. But yeah. um, so my read, my middle is where like all my worry is going right now. He's like beyond beyond gifted I hate that word you know what I mean yeah, but he's I got an am- yeah. amazing brain that's going to both trip him up and you know lead him yeah. to amazing places probably but it's a challenge and um when I was on the way to beyond I sat next to a kid who was I think he was on his way home from I guess like a freshman year of college because he still looked pretty young but yeah. he was he had university stuff like the little lanyard around his neck and stuff and he was reading like Greek mythology. I mean, something yeah. so academic, it was like laughable. He wasn't playing games on his iPad. Right, he was right, like right. on an airplane reading Greek mythology. And I just like for a second, I'm normally really bad at this at like going to the future because if yeah. I can't see the details, I'm not comfortable. But I was like, if that, you know, like that could be my son. And right. it was like, a, it was actually like a really tender moment and took a lot of the worry off of that. Like he is going to be who he's going to be and he will always be intense. And, you know, sometimes that intensity will get the best of him, but he's also somebody's kid sitting on an airplane going home from college. You know, did you get all weirdly maternal with him? Cause I I I didn't do anything, but (laughs) in my mind I did. I was, you know, he was somebody's little boy. Yeah. So now it's your turn because otherwise I'm going to get choked up. Okay. Well, it's okay. Cause I'm like, (laughs) I've got like tears like rolling down my face right now, but it's, it's, we're going to have to wrap this uh, up you guys before things get really ugly here. But I, I noticed one thing I will say is like, as my kids have gone through different stages, I've noticed being very, tender towards people in that stage or like so now I'll look at like I would never even really have thought about groups of teenage boys since I was a teenage girl 
And now when I see sort of groups of teenage boys and they're so awkward and, and like lovely at the same time, I don't know. It's just something like they're so emerging. And I just look at them and I'm just like, oh, it just, I just feel this like, it makes me feel really old, <laughs> but I just feel this like real tenderness. And it's, um, and I felt that way about different groups, but it's really interesting that you were able to kind of flash forward and see yeah, that. And, I, and that is usually, I don't think that way because yeah. I am so much in the details of the moment and in my own head. And yeah. just because he was sitting right next to me, it was something about like, the book he was reading, like, mm-hmm. oh, and he, Aww. you know, he looked like a very normal functioning right. kid. That's the part that was helpful for me, actually, yeah. was like, yeah. you know, anyway. he wasn't like, you know, having like <laughs> leading a, a riot outside yes. of the airport or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, which, which Jacob could honestly be at some point. So <laughs> he's a revolutionary. Oh gosh. You know, we've been talking for a long time. I feel like I hate to wrap this one up because this has actually been a really great conversation, yeah, but I guess does. we should, huh? I, well, I, I'm hoping you guys, look, fingers crossed that we have a little moment from Jacob after this. If not, you know where to find us. Yes. At themomhour.com. Themomhour.com. Um, and you can email us, hello at themomhour.com. And we will definitely lighten things up next, uh, next yeah. week. We're going pro- like- to try to make a no tears promise <laughs> next week. But- Every 27 episodes, yeah. we will. Uh, <laughs> well, and also I wanted to say too, like if you guys want to go to episode 27 and leave a comment. Because I feel like this is one of those things we can all relate to on some, mm-hmm. on some level. So, oh, and I'd love, I know we have some listeners, mom, no, I'm just kidding, um, who are, who even really have grown kids. Oh, and yes. So, you know, hearing. I want to hear your mom's take I, on what you were like as a teenager and a young adult. I know. Well, she's here this weekend. We'll t- I'll talk about it and report back. <laughs> okay. Uh, but she does listen and she loves the podcast. And, you know, she always tells me, like, it doesn't end. Like, you really yeah. don't. I, I, I better need to learn to uh, pace myself with the worry because it right. really never it goes away. It doesn't really go away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like when, you, when my kid's 30, he will still be my kid. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Well, this has been great. Thanks for listening, everyone, as always. Um, yep. Happy birthday, Jacob. Happy birthday to Jacob, who is the star of this episode. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Okay, everyone. As promised, I'm here with my newly minted adult son, Jacob, who just got home from his celebratory birthday dinner with his buddies, stuffing himself at Cadoba. Hey, Jacob. What's up? So I just have a few questions for you, Jake. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that people listening might be interested in hearing from an 18-year-old. So here's my first question. We spent some time on the show today talking about what kind of little kid you were as opposed to what kind of grown-up kid you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is different about you from when you were younger, now that you're an adult, and what's, what's this still the same? Well, I guess I'd say I'm a lot more confident now as an adult, you know, um, but... Like literally today or like were you more confident yesterday? It's been a gradual process, you know, Okay. Yeah. starting from my early teenage years. Um, things that haven't changed is, you know, I like a good time, uh, I like making jokes. That's true. Yeah. You do. So here's a question for you. We talked a little bit about today about questions grownups ask adults that they find annoying, or sorry, questions grownups ask teenagers that they find annoying, young adults like... Where are you going to go to college or what are you going to do with your life or blah, blah, blah. What questions do you think people should be asking? Like what would actually, if an adult came up and talked to you, what would you want to talk to them about? Um, do you mean like, like for my future or just in general? Yeah, just in general. Like does it bother you when people are like always, like I feel like right now there's, since you're a senior, there's such a focus on asking you like what are you going to do next? I would rather, I would ra- yeah, I find it kind of annoying. I'd rather them just talk to me like a normal person, you know, Yeah. and ask me like what I'm interested in rather than what I think I'm going to do. Because right now it's sometimes not always easy to draw 
a line between what you're interested in and what you might exactly want to do three four years down the road all right that's a good, that's a good one. all right one more question for you jacob if you had a piece of advice for parents of teenagers what would it be um and this could be for me too you can tell me what to do right now i would say give them freedom um but not too much Give them freedom, but not too much. So that's probably smart. Okay. Yeah. Any other, any other words uh, to share with us on your 18th birthday? Having a good time. <laughs> You're one day, and it hasn't really gotten started yet. But yeah, yeah. excited to be an adult. Kind of. If you, if you know. Yeah. Does it feel real to you yet? Nope. No. All right. Well, everybody, that has been my son Jacob that we've been talking about today, and I think he's gonna go hit the hay now after a long 18-year-old uh, birthday. Thanks for being on the show, Jake. No problem. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. Hey, everyone. We have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following The Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.